Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dimension of Our Midnight Cake. I'm Soltis, and joining me in the nexus between realities are Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug, my fellow transdimensional beings. Tonight, we are gathering together in order to discuss one of our all-time favorite movies, Ghostbusters, which was made in 1984. It's a supernatural comedy directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, principally, starring Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis as the Ghostbusters, with Sigourney Reaver, Rick Moranis, Annie Potts, and William Atherton, and edited by David Bellwitt and Sheldon Kahn, music from Elmer Bernstein. It was an incredible risk out in the beginning, and it's it was really interesting for me to take the time to learn about some of the things that happened pre-production and how such a wonderful movie came together, considered by many to be a masterclass in how to successfully mix genres. It was inducted into the Library of Congress's National Film Registry in 2015, so it will be preserved for all time, thankfully. From what I understand, Dan Aykroyd developed the original concept as a project for himself and one of his best friends, John Belushi. The story originally took place in the future, involving a large agency where several branches of Ghostbusters would receive directions from a central hub, with the agents traveling across not only time and space, but also through dimensions to exterminate ghosts, demons, and other paranormal creatures like that. It was much more serious and scary in tone than what was released. Dan Aykroyd actually has a long family history in the occult and paranormal activities, and which contributed to most of the source material that he, that he pulled from. He had a fantastic conversation with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience about the occult, paranormal and supernatural subjects, as well as many other things. And I would highly recommend anybody interested going to check out that conversation. Uh, Ryman pitched the idea to Columbia Pictures and without a script, effects studio or filming start date was given a release date for June, 1984, which was just 13 months away. So they got to work almost immediately with Aykroyd, Ramis, and Reitman working day and night for about two weeks. They were sequestered in Aykroyd's basement, writing the original concept into something manageable. Dan Aykroyd was accommodating and understanding about the rewrites by all accounts. And it seems that Aykroyd would come up with many of the situations as well as the paranormal jargon. And Ramis would refine the jokes and dialogue. And of the many changes and departures from the initial concept were dead celebrities haunting an asylum, an illegal ghost storage facility in New Jersey, and a boss that assigned the Ghostbusters cases. Ramis wanted the Ghostbusters to go into business for themselves and control their own destiny, which allowed for the individual characters to develop their distinct personalities and identities. The Marshmallow Man, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, originally was to appear in the first 20 minutes of the film emerging from the East River. And while the writing was taking place, Reitman was trying to secure special a special effects company in order to take care of the shots that that they would need. Uh, in from the very early stages, Bill Murray's involvement was considered to be essential to the project, and Columbia agreed to fund Razor's Edge, which was Bill Murray's passion project, in hopes of securing Murray's commitment. And before Ramis agreed to play the part, 
apparently Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and Jeff Goldblum were considered for the role of Egon. And according to Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy was who they had in mind for the role of Winston, but Ivan Reitman uh, disavows this and says that it was never something that was going to happen. So depending on who you talk to, yay, Eddie Murphy, nay, Eddie Murphy. One of the things that I thought was interesting was that Sigourney Weaver beat out several actresses for the part of Dana Barrett, including Julia Roberts. And the part for Dana Barrett was supposed to be originally a, a supermodel, which would explain how she's able to afford a penthouse apartment in Central Park West. Weaver herself suggested that Dana be possessed by Zool, which actually gave personal stakes to the events in the third act. John Candy was reportedly offered the role of Louis Tully, but the filmmakers and Candy parted ways for creative differences. Through work they had done together in Toronto, Reitman knew Rick Moranis and offered him the part. And he was another actor that seemed to have a great impact on the development and portrayal of the character, changed him to be an accountant, and did a lot of improv and ad-libbing for his scenes that he was in. And to finish filming before the winter weather got bad, some guerrilla filming at landmark locations took place and minimal takes were used. However, Reitman encouraged improvisation. He wanted to keep the cast inserts, but directing them back to the script. And they finished in about six weeks of filming in New York City. Picking up again in Los Angeles after Christmas, most of the movie being filmed on location or on sets of Burbank Studios, Principal photography finished between 55 and 62 days of filming. Reitman was having the film edited while it was being filmed with the effect scenes storyboarded in advance. So because of the tight schedule that they had to keep, there was no option to go back and refilm or film new scenes, especially for special effects. So they had to get it right. The initial cut of the film was ready three weeks after filming ended. It is just, it's just bizarre the amount of work that was crammed into such a short amount of time. All the special effects studios were either booked with other projects or too small to handle the 630 effect shots for Ghostbusters. Reitman convinced Columbia to partner with MGM and advanced $5 million to start his own effects studio. And after the lawyers finished and finalized the contracts, there was only about 10 months to build the studio, shoot the scenes, and composite the images. While they were working on Ghostbusters, they were contractually obligated to work on MGM's sci-fi movie 2010, The Year We Made Contact. Most of the effect shots were done in one take. Edlin had previously worked on Poltergeist, which helped with the design for the ghosts. Slimer was only known as the onion-headed ghost and was redesigned as an homage to John Belushi. Due to massive interference, the sculpting and design completion took six months and over $300,000. Before the advent of CGI, any non-puppet ghosts and effects were animated by hand, taking three weeks to create a second of footage. One of the features that I thought was really interesting is the distinct siren that the Ecto-1 has was created and modified from a recording of a leopard snarling and played backwards. Ghostbusters was originally supposed to be a one-off movie. It ended up spawning a multi-billion dollar franchise. So before we get started, it should be noted that Ghostbusters could be used as a model from which entire courses and lectures could be taught on editing, composition, writing, performance, the music. It's all so good. It's all so good. 
anybody involved in the production of this movie has our sincere thanks. So let's get right to it. The start of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters to me always started with rewinding, rewinding the VHS tape because I never did. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, I think, a good movie to watch in the theaters. I'm, I'm oh, pretty sure I saw this. I saw this in it the is. theater. There was a midnight showing. I think you saw at, it with at us. A theater. Yeah, yeah, we all went. Yeah, that's I right. So. I think you yeah. went with us. And it was awesome. This is probably the last time I watched it, actually, until I rewatched <laughs> it for this. It was great to see uh, Stay Puft on the giant oh, screen cool. like that. It was cool. It was one so one of the great giant monsters. <laughs> yes. And in in the original treatment of the story, that's one of the things that made it all the way through. And they're like, we, we love this idea, but how do we get it to make sense? That's another thing about this movie too. I mean, obviously it's like some crazed supernatural, but everything makes sense to me when I watch this. Like the way it builds, there's a definite coherence and like set of rules to like how it works. That they even fit in a and giant it marshmallow man. Large part, yeah, from the director guiding them because I mean you got a crew of improv actors in a relatively uh, short time trying to throw this crazy story together that all fell out of Dan Aykroyd's brain, which, which is scary enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even yeah. what's what doesn't make sense is said with such authority, you know, it that I'm like works. I'm yeah. like protonic reversal. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, with let's that. do it. <laughs> yeah, positrons don't react like that but you know sure <laughs> in this world they do uh, and oh. so that's that's important that uh you you, you had the right people behind it dan Aykroyd in particular who really believes in the i, I what would the pseudoscience behind this yeah i guess it's well, the, the, the supernatural of- and the occult Yes. Yeah, it's um, the consistency yeah. of the occult, the supernatural, and the pseudoscience. It's consistent. Yes, there was this crazy architect that designed this building as a channel for the supernatural, where all this is taking Perfect. place. Tale as old as time. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Librarian. Uh, the librarian. Yes. The beginning. Very beginning. <laughs> you know, I think the visual, the visual that's killer for me at the beginning is the card catalog drawers coming out and oh, the yeah. cards flying out. Just push each one right after. I love it. Oh, and the books, the books are flying by. No human would stack books like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's and like, good and you, you can see that with, with the Bankman's entire attitude throughout the whole thing. <laughs> you know, he, he's busy trying to hit on the, the college girl. And then Ray bursts in. He's so excited. Oh, he's like a kid on Christmas. Yes. He's, he's so happy. And he needs Bankman to, to get involved with this. Egon is already down at the library. Well, he's been waiting for this since the uh, foot and a half migration of a uh, sea yeah, sponge. The, the, yeah, the mass sea sponge migration. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they get to the library. And of course, you know, Venkman doesn't take anything seriously. that they're Oh, doing. we get the first amazing line of the movie. Back off, man. Yeah. I'm a scientist. Yeah. I so love that. He asks if there's a history of mental illness in the family, and she says, my uncle thought he was St. Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> I call that a big yes. The, the patron saint of librarians. <laughs> so again, the, there's these weirdly consistent things they throw in. I just love that. And then as they walk down to the down to the basement area, and Venkman is just huffing throughout the whole thing. It's like, ah, I got to deal with this. I love he gets the goo off the card catalog and he's like wiping his hands on all the books. 
And then they actually see the librarian and the, and the entire attitude changes and nobody knows what to do about it. <laughs> they, they, they try talking to her. You know, she shushes them. <laughs> it's like, okay. That's good. That's and what then Ray, I got it. I know what to do. Get her! <laughs> <laughs> Sets Ray up as maybe, maybe not the leader. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is, is kind of funny to, to think about because, you know, they all have their, their part to play. They, they, Are you trying to say... Uh, Bankman is the spokesman. Ego and does machines. Bankman's <laughs> <laughs> the party dude. He is the party dude. <laughs> well, like one is the face of the organization, Venkman. He's the, the de facto spokesperson. Whenever there's someone to talk yeah. to or a camera, he's the one who's talking. Ray represents the, the heart of the group and Egon the brains. And then we have Winston later on, who's the everyman. Something else that I noticed with rewatching this is that is that the problem seemed to be caused and solved by Venkman. Yeah. Like Venkman is so. the reason that they get kicked out of the university. Venkman <laughs> is also the reason that they go into business for themselves. Because he manipulates Ray into yeah. mortgaging <laughs> his house, he, you know. Okay. Mortgaging that his house. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's a, yeah, it's a the family, family, the family farm. Right. Everybody has three mortgages these days. <laughs> That's right. Well, before it seems all but confirmed that uh, the house we're seeing in these afterlife trailers uh, is Egon's. Mm -hmm. I, I assumed it was the, the house that they were talking about of Ray's. I had assumed that too. Okay. That makes logical sense. <laughs> Now I'm kind of let down that you point that out. I didn't think <laughs> yeah. that. Sorry. <laughs> that, that would have been a cool tie-in. <laughs> like the one kid looks like Spangler, so they're doing that, right? But It's better than including him as a bust. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bankman also gets them into trouble with Walter Peck and gets the containment unit shut down. And then Bankman's the one. I love those scenes. Gets them out of jail, them out of basically. Jail. <laughs> it was definitely the line about the registered voters that's, yes, that eventually yes, turned good. in. After they, they set up their headquarters, which is also a, a really funny scene, I think, where you have Egon and and Venkman talking to the real estate agent. And, <laughs> oh, and Ray just goes screaming down the pole. <laughs> and then Ray just busts it up, busts up any sort of leverage that they may have had. I was like, this place is great. This place has got a yeah. pole. That's, uh, is this a nice little scene there to see um, Peter and Egon actually working together mm -hmm. and Ray ruining it? Yeah. Although wasn't Egon saying like he thought the place should be condemned or something like that as well? <laughs> yeah. And the neighborhood is in a demilitarized zone. It's like later when it's, you know, it's a slight jump ahead, but I think later when Vinkman is just pulling the quote out of his butt for everything with Slimer. Like Egon's kind of like hand signaling him. Yes. Like yeah. numbers. So it's like another moment where they have like, they have a little thing going too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're right though. The real estate's another example. They're just, Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. It should be condemned. It, yeah. <laughs> and then Ray, <laughs> does this poll still work? <laughs> we should stay here the night. You know, to try it out. <laughs> yeah. night. That was the best. And then they just sort of look at each other. I think we'll take it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. They, they don't want to break Ray's heart. <laughs> who could? Who no. could? And plus, Ray's the one who funded the project. So yeah. Hard to say no That's to that true. person. With Egon and, and Peter's connection, there's that almost throwaway line there in the library. And 
is that that reminds me of the time when you tried to drill yes. a hole in your head. I that would have worked if you hadn't yeah. stopped me. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I love that line. There's there's something there, you know. <laughs> Peter saved Egon's life. <laughs> but he doesn't appreciate it, though. <laughs> he ruined his science experiment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they have such a great dynamic, um, mm. the three of them. And that goes back, of course, to not, not only the, the direction, but the writing, and then the performance and interpretation of the characters with the actors and how they all play off of each mm. other. Say so they all play off each other. Yes, absolutely. Because like the dynamics different depending on who's paired together or if it's all three. Like it just works. I was gonna say with that pairing together, I really like um, the stuff with Janine when they're at the firehouse, the back and forth with her and Eva. Oh, I love that. Obviously, got the hots with for him, but she's also like this disgruntled secretary that doesn't really care at all about what they're I doing. Lo- I love the line. She has something about like, don't you have any hobbies? And he goes, I collect mold, spores, and fungus. Like just totally yeah. dead, yes. just like walks off. I'm like, this is so bad. Uh-huh. I, I never until recently have I thought about how poorly Peter treats her. Oh, oh gosh. Um, this does. is the line about um, um, about uh, a person with your experience <laughs> would have no trouble finding a job in the or food service industry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've quit better jobs than this. <laughs> she's just, she's yeah. just so fed up. <laughs> Ghostbusters, what yeah. do you want? I love, I love Winston. Tell us about your love of Winston, please. I just like him. I, I like, one. I like that he's the the everyman. You know, I don't know. I just, I think he's I, definitely the most relatable of and it's of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like his first one of his first lines um, where. He, Janine is interviewing him and then she's going through this whole list of like, do you believe in UFOs and Loch Ness monster and telekinesis and all this stuff. And his response to that is like, is <laughs> if there's a steady paycheck, I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> I, I just know that if there, if I was going to be a ghostbuster, I, I would have to be Winston. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, you know, they they talk about what he believes, and then he is the one to bring up religion eventually. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I love Jesus' style and the very sensible, <laughs> you know, w- whatever you believe, the very sensible notion that you know maybe maybe the reason they've been so busy is because the dead have been rising from the grave. Yeah, <laughs> out of all the scientists, there, he's the one that makes that logical leap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knew the dead would look like green goblins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Running taxi cab Maybe the drivers. world is coming to an end. Yeah. I love their hiring process is literally just, oh, you showed up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. You're hired. You're <laughs> hired. Oh, yeah. And then, so we get the um, the containment unit spiel while they're showing mm-hmm. Winston around, you know? Yeah. I could never possibly spout off everything they said in that scene. I, I, yeah, uh, so many Light lines is green, I quote, and I is still can't. I can't <laughs> go get through that, that whole process. And we get the Twinkie. We get the Twinkie. <laughs> we get kind of this buildup of there's something in the background happening throughout the movie. And I can't remember the size of the Twinkie, though. I should have written that down. No, wait. No, I did. A 35-foot-long, 600-pound Twinkie. <laughs> That's a big Twinkie. That's how much supernatural activity is taking place. 
<laughs> that's so the one people totally quote. That's that's a big Twinkie. I think it's funnier mm-hmm. the second time when he's like, "Tell him about the Twinkie." <laughs> yeah. Tell him about the Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Twinkie? <laughs> but I love how Egon is. He spouts out that deadly information about the size of it and this problem that they run into, and then he just takes a bite he of the just Twinkie. Starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the exposition, you know, that, that we have building up, mm-hmm. it's it's delivered and written in such a way as not to be, you know, it, it's it's still entertaining. It's like the audience is discovering what the Ghostbusters are discovering as they're discovering it. It's it's kind of another moment of playing it straight too, you know, like they're describing a threat without like a wink and a nod. I mean, it's completely ridiculous <laughs> like, <laughs> language. Yeah, no, but it's not yes. like yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. It's like, no, something really bad's going to happen, and we don't know what it is. And then... <laughs> it starts to get bad. When Vince Clortho takes over Lewis Tully, and okay. then he's dropped off to Ghostbusters headquarters by the police. That's oh, like, yeah. yeah. With the colander <laughs> on his head. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, my gosh. I love all his scenes. <laughs> With him talking to the horse and outside the restaurant and his, his body squeaking down the window. So, uh, what we mm-hmm. we've skipped over his party where he uh, <laughs> where he, he only invited clients so he can get, use it as a tax write off. <laughs> That's why we're all here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and apparently that that whole feel and everything was Rick Moranis improving and ad libbing so lines good. and stuff. <laughs> so great, fantastic! The amount of yeah. improving talent in this movie is ridiculous. It really mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Everybody yeah. can riff. Y'all were talking about the party scene with Lewis, and I, I love the stuff where he's like, the people are starting to go, and he's, and uh, his friend is like, oh, don't leave yet. Maybe if we start dancing, other people will join. And his friend's like, okay. And then it's like, anybody want to play Parcheesi and all this stuff? He's just throwing out these things just to try and keep his clients there. He's going to make the party better. And also, he's wearing that that like tracksuit thing too, which oh, I just love. Fantastic! Uh, his his leisure suit. Leisure suit. So yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he's not ready for leisure though. He's ready to get down. Uh, the whole thing is him expecting Dana, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, you made a date. <laughs> that that just sad oh, moment. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, he like a like a little kicked puppy dog. Yeah. <laughs> but then that the turnaround with the you can bring. The, him along. You can bring <laughs> <laughs> which speaking of the dog didn't he like throw the coats to the dog on the bed does he say something about we're about to do some break dance <laughs> yeah yes yeah. <laughs> yeah he like opens the door just throws the coats and like closes it yeah yep. don't notice the hell beast yeah <laughs> all right who brought the dog <laughs> we'll bring this up in the next tenants meeting yes. <laughs> And Dana, you get all the freaky stuff. You get the nightmare fuel. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. The door lighting up. Mm-hmm. And then it like presses against the door. I love that effect. It's got to be a simple effect of like this thing pressing against the door. It's it's like the uh, from the Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's um, like they it's used a, or something. a rubber composite for the for the door so they could you know get it moving and pushing and get the imprints of the, of the demonic you know hands trying to crawl through and <laughs> i love it and like the, the i think it. the practical effects with the chair like the creepy arms coming out were actually a trap door under the chair with people coming out with dog arms 
and the chair rotating and just going straight into the kitchen. This is yeah, amazing. she she had to have had a talk with some of those extras about where those hands were going. Yeah, you better. Mark <laughs> Sorry, lady, I can't see what I'm doing. Mark them right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm underneath a chair. I don't know what's going on? That's that's probably to me that's one of the freakier scenes right there. That, yeah, is, that, the, that, that is the that is the absolute scariest scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just really like visceral and out of nowhere and jarring and it kind of. It shifts the tone, right? It's like we're hitting it's, the it's, last It's act. the payoff to well, what we started with in the library mm-hmm. scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it about really to is. go down. Uh, well, you, you get the the misdirect with the door where you see the, the creatures trying to get through. It's like, okay, uh-huh. that's where the threat is. And yeah. then it, you know, exploding arms out of the chair where she is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, you <laughs> it's know, just things have been dormant. Things have been dormant with her. She's been watching the TV ads and laughing while she's like working out at home and like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's been getting things out of her fridge fine. And then devil chair attacks. <laughs> there actually is a movie about a killer armchair. In case you guys were wondering. I know you were. What's, do you know what it's called? <laughs> I think it's called it's Killer, called killer Armchair. What's the movie about the killer tire? Now, look, that's uh, not to be confused roller, with rubber, which is the wheel, killer uh, tire, or it, slacks, right. or slacks, which is the killer blue jeans, oh my or deathbed, which is a bed that eats people. So let's get it straight. Maybe they all shared an apartment together back in the 80s. <laughs> I guess they did. <laughs> all came from uh, a the, garage sale, Mr. basically. In Mi- the- or the Mr. Toilet from Look Who's Talking Too, which scared the pants onto me. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's a deep cut. That is a deep <laughs> cut. <laughs> oh, we don't want to skip over Vince Clortho. You're right. His conversation with the horse. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but the, and the police don't know what to do with them. So they drop him off at the Ghostbusters. You know? Sure. And uh, picking up or dropping off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Egon gets him strapped in, and you see the the, the digital representation of the Hell Beast oh, on on the monitor. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> probably a uh, improv scene, but where the dog attacked him outside the restaurant, and he squeaks mm-hmm. down the glass and everything, and he's he was like nice little doggy. I think maybe I've got a milk bone in my pocket, and he's like actually like reaching into his pockets you know it's just, <laughs> just like that's like anything. Down the glass and everyone yeah. looks and then they just turn back to their dinner yes <laughs> so what do the dogs do to possess them what did the dogs do do they like bite them do they i was wondering that too <laughs> i was very disturbed oh, watching this movie well, again if, i'm if like what did this dog do to movie, lewis they breathe some sort of a black liquid into them yes coffee have some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do to Lewis? And then he That's takes the pizza and he's rubbing it on his face. <laughs> there you go. But but we got oh, if you buy into this perfect. stuff, this strangely sad and prophetic scene of uh Janine telling uh e- Egon that she thinks he's going to die. And and Egon kind of shrugging it off. You're you're hugging me. <laughs> <laughs> We have Venkman showing up to Dana Barrett's apartment, getting greeted by Zool. Armed with 350 cc's of Thoracy. Yeah, which he apparently carries around with him for first dates. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) What parapsychologist doesn't? But, you know, for all of his 
slimy sleazeball antics. He does not take advantage of the situation. It's it's a it's a it's a very serious event that has taken place, and he's he's still just. What you keep talking about with the one liners. She's playing it straight, and what she's doing is genuinely creepy. Yeah, yeah. But he's just there taking the piss out of it all, and it's hilarious. Well, he's familiar with her together. And he has seen some genuinely creepy stuff mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. So this isn't even new to yeah, him now. He, he, he may be desensitized to it all. <laughs> He's like, sure. Is this what we're doing now? Okay. Of course she's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> and then comes Walter Peck with the police. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shutting everything And you know, down. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's no, the, he's not at he's all. He's the human antagonist of the movie. But he's not completely wrong. They they could be doing some shady stuff, and they should have let him see what was going on. And this is he the result. He should have provided, uh, you know, credentials, and I think he should have come out. Well, it a I would argue that if, with... if if he had been asked for credentials, he may have. But also, if he was if he was good at his job, you would assume. There would he would know there would be some risk to, to shutting some down, shutting some experimental equipment down. Yeah, I, I do like proper, that. Um, yeah, precautions. I, I do like that. No one there really seemed to agree with him. Yeah, <laughs> the worker. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. And yeah. even the even the officer tells him to shut up. <laughs> don't tell you how to do your job pencil neck <laughs> pencil neck such a great put down they're just all forced to agree with the i guess the legality of the situation like i, I think we get the a first real sign of of emotion from egon after after it shut down and everything and then you know egon's ready to to throttle peck oh yeah i always what does peck say what is the line that that gets him oh gets gets egon so yeah he's like they're they're violating the the environmental protection act and and the explosions a result of it or something like that is that what you're talking about and then then direct yeah a direct result of their um either incompetence or uh something to that effect where you know this whole thing is their fault the one thing you can't do is insult Egon's mathematics skills. Questions their professionalism or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just sets Egon off. He's like, okay, it's time for Egon to choke. Poor scientists. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's like the dean. This is where we get the other um, stay puffed nod. This is another thing I had missed until I watched it this time. Like when the ghosts are all flying out, there's a stay puffed ad. On one of the buildings oh, yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah. never noticed that before for or whatever. Freaking reason. Yeah. And then you have Vince Clortho. This is it. It's the sign. It's the <laughs> it's a sign, all right. Going, yeah, out, going of out of bit. <laughs> <laughs> that line from Janine. Uh, <laughs> Always the pragmatist. Yeah. <laughs> Janine Melnitz. <laughs> it's true to the characters. They don't say something out of you, character. You know, if something like that laugh. happened at my job, that would be my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's coming out of my paycheck. <laughs> I think so. The so so is, the Ghostbusters uh, get arrested. Get arrested, and they're in jail. Mm-hmm. And they're looking well, at the, they, the they have the the blueprints. <laughs> some, sure. That's some something crazy that always how. bothered me, even when I was young. I'm like, I didn't know anything about jail, obviously, or anything how the law works. And but I'm like, I'm pretty yeah, sure they're, they're in, that they uh, have blueprints. They're in a holding in cell. 
but yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's not generally permissible to to bring let people have in. yeah to bring up bring more than you know the, the clothes on their back basically. Um, and blueprints but yeah, aren't but, but they have, you can just sneak in. No, <laughs> and and where were they keeping them? I just have to wear this <laughs> long coat with blueprints in it. Only blueprints are in it. I promise. My solution to that was maybe Ray had it like taped. Yes, around his I leg agree. Or I think he else. had it. He had it stuffed in the uh, the the flights. What do they call that? The jumpsuit. The jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Ray's like, I'll get it in, guys. <laughs> I'll get it in there. But there's, I think there was a scene where they were arguing that just pointed back to Venkman's character to where he didn't really uh, care about the academic stuff. And like uh, Ray was going into, or maybe it was Peter, I don't know, they were arguing about actually what's going on. And Ray like just kind of uh, goes to him and is like, you never studied, did you? Like, yeah. And all this technical stuff. And he's he faulting him for not knowing things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. not being a serious well, scientist and that's, and yeah, and like, that's let's say way. i don't know anything about metallurgy yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it <laughs> uh, what will you get family matters yeah oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Car- carl <laughs> in his second appearance as an, his second major appearance as an officer Third, yeah. really i mean so he, was mean, they, they, die hard, he goes from Die Hard to Ghostbusters and Family Matters. They all exist mm-hmm. in the same world. It's the original yeah, cinematic really, universe. Urkel should be in the third Ghostbusters somewhere. I was going to say, what we're if Urkel in. grew up to work for the Ghostbusters? <laughs> now we're talking. He shuts off the containment unit and says, did I do that? Did I do that? I, yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been interesting for Oscar to become a Ghostbuster. Oh, the little baby, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the ghost stuff just really scarred him as a child. Being stolen by a nanny. <laughs> and you will be the mother of a living God. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me want to watch that again now, you jerk. Uh, Winston says that he needs to get his own lawyer. Mm. And it's like, I'm sorry, guys. Smart move. I'm out. Yeah. So. <laughs> and until, the mayor, until the mayor volunteers to... Uh, <laughs> liberate so so we get yeah. the reveal though after after ray lamenting that he didn't study that basically dana and lewis's building is a giant antenna oh, yeah. conducting spiritual turbulence i think is what he says and we get the whole <laughs> evo shandor thing mm. which i uh, want i want the, evo shandor the, the to somehow be involved architect. in the new movie yes i believe central. he is I want that mythos to continue because I think it's I, so I cool. believe they are doing something with that. And the in second Afterlife. movie for the things that are good and the things that are bad, I wish I don't remember it continuing in the, anything. In like the 2009 that. video game, they they brought that up. Uh, I just think quite that's a bit. the thing to continue. But anyway, so but it's just such it, a cool backstory. It's a cool reveal. It makes everything click. You're like, oh. Is that they're both in this building and they're neighbors and there's this thing on top and okay that's why her fridge became a gateway and it makes all these totally stupid things go together. <laughs> Let me guess, goes and it, it causes yeah. the, the no study, the, <laughs> no the surge in paranormal activity that uh, makes that creates this scenario where they're able to. Uh, capture the data to create the ghost capturing technology yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it makes it i mean it just makes everything like 
click together for the final the final fight you know the final scene it's just great i i i want more out of it i want more out of it in the new movie i do I think it has more mileage. Well, we know now so clearly, clearly the uh, the fiasco with the uh, the destructor Gozer does uh, doesn't hurt the sales of uh, Stay Puft Marshmallows. My <laughs> my daughters, uh, I, I showed them the new teaser trailer no, for Stay Puft guys, with yeah. all the little Stay Puft <laughs> Marshmallow Men. They thought it was one of the funniest things in a long time. They said, like <laughs> they're making s'mores out of themselves <laughs> so good. that is so silly well everything's gotta capitalize on the baby uh character market right now so mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah baby yoda and now you have little stay puff marshmallow men paul rudd <laughs> turning the baskin robbins joke into a recurring theme for himself mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the mayor the mayor the mayor, the mayor, meeting, mayor yes. liberates them from jail to to ask them, you know, what is going on? And apparently everything was going fine until... <laughs> Peck, who's missing a very important part of his anatomy, obviously. Obviously. Poor Peck. <laughs> and then the greatest... <laughs> is this true? Yes. This man has no... <laughs> That's what I heard. A very 80s kind of joke. Yes, very 80s joke. But yeah, but the room is full of, of the leaders of the city. You have the mayor and the... Uh, and the police commissioner and the, oh, the cardinal from the, the church. The cardinal, yeah, yes. the cardinal. <laughs> and they're going on and on about all the terrible things that are happening right now. Oh, yeah, that place where he said the walls were bleeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Peter jumps in with his fast talking and, uh, and sacrifice. I love that whole <laughs> spiel. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. But if we're wrong, you know, nothing happens. We'll go to jail quietly. We'll enjoy it. <laughs> but if we're right, Lenny, <laughs> you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> yeah, it all comes and then back you get a little the nod from the cardinal. <laughs> yeah, it's like yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the the scenes that they have are it's 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 going to be a reoccurring compliment with me, but but the scenes are so well worked in between. You know the lines and the actors and the story, even and the improv that they and ad libs that they have thrown in there, all works really, really well. And they only had a few takes for each scene in order to to get the film done. So it's not like they they could spend all day on one scene, you know, doing it 127 times to get the perfect take. And there are moments where you maybe if they had tried a couple more times, they could have gotten a funnier line or something, but. I, I like that it mm-hmm. all seems very conversational and natural. Yeah, it seems natural, for sure. It does mm-hmm. not seem like scripted jokes ever. <laughs> so many improv actors working on the movie. I think that's probably a lot of that, that given that, that natural feel. you know. I do like that the end of that scene is the mayor asking, what do you need from me? And apparently they've requested a, uh, a National Guard escort. <laughs> Oh, yeah. National Guard escort parade to the building, <laughs> <laughs> which they then have to walk up the stairs. Yeah, I love it. There's so much commotion. They go in and it's like crap. <laughs> we when we get to 20, tell me I'm throwing up. <laughs> yeah. On, on the day of filming that though, they, they backed up traffic clear to Brooklyn 
all the way oh, up wow. to the... You know there's somebody that's still complaining borough. about the traffic from that day. Oh, a few New Yorkers <laughs> who weren't happy with the Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was um, Ivan Reitman who blamed Francis Ford Coppola uh, filming a different movie. Can <laughs> 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 you imagine that seeing movie. <laughs> that vehicle driving around and not knowing what it was and then eventually, yeah. eventually seeing this movie... <laughs> <laughs> he lied to me. I just like to think then he went back to everyone and was like, guys, you never believe what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> they all just bust yeah. Well, so we get uh, Ghoster's first attempt at uh, stopping them by, uh, I don't know, dismantling the streets in front of the building. <laughs> so Ghoster's like, well, that didn't work. Darn, lowering the ground a few feet didn't kill them. Hmm. <laughs> good thing i have all I these stairs deep. in this building <laughs> that'll tire them out yeah, and then, then they get up to you know up to the up to the floor ah oh, art deco very nice <laughs> <Love that. laughs> just looking around and, yeah where do and, these stairs and, go <laughs> yeah, they go up <laughs> they go up <laughs> yeah Ethereal I love that. Yeah, thing. when they finally get up there, it's just a really cool scene that's set up. I guess there's a lot of um, matte painting going on too. It's like the external shots. Yeah. Like the um, the oh my the, gosh. The, the, the production crew had to build. I, I don't remember how many floors onto the top of that building and basically redo the entire top of the building that's Crazy. that's there already. I read somewhere um, that Ivan Wright was actually very disappointed the first time he saw the movie on Laserdisc. And he could, it was the first time he could tell that they were matte paintings. Uh, oh. uh. <laughs> He's like, guys, could we downgrade the quality a little? <laughs> but we, we get to Gozer and, and the great <laughs> exchange between Ray and Gozer. <laughs> what, just before that, just before that, a payoff from the beginning of the movie, uh, the Getter Ray. <laughs> Oh yeah, get her, go get her, Ray. Get her, Ray. <laughs> and then he, they just kind of look at her and he smiles. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of look at each other and he smiles. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so good, so good. The writing, fantastic. It, it all comes together to make a very enjoyable movie. <clears throat> Are you a god? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. And uh, <laughs> they get zapped and Winston just grabs him. He's like, Ray, someone asks you if you're a god. Say yes. <laughs> Not an actual rule, but yeah. something 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 everyone should have known. And then we get to Choose the form of the destructor. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and as he's going yeah, through this, will show up and kill us. All. That's good. As he's going through this, you can see on Dan Aykroyd's face that he's already screwed up. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and the, like almost immediately after after Bankman fin finishes talking, yeah, Gozer, like, uh, what what does is, what does is he say? It's like, it's like the choice has been made, or yeah, uh, you have chosen, or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, 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 something, something like something that. Like Acknowledging that. that a choice has taken. We place. didn't choose nothing. <laughs> yeah, did you choose no. I didn't choose anything. And I'll just look over at Ray. <laughs> I, like, I, I couldn't help, help it. it. Just popped <laughs> in there. 
<laughs> oh man, and he gives the spiel about like being a camp and all that. Yeah, it's oh, his yeah. childhood. At, at, the at build up camp. is perfect. <laughs> okay, Ray has gone and bye then bye you now. See it, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and then Bagman's just like, "Well, don't see that every day." <laughs> the pus buckets. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a giant monster, but. Yep. But Mr. Stay Puff looks so happy. <laughs> there were something like like eighteen foam suits uh, for the Stay Puff Marshmallow Band that were fabricated, wow. and most of them were destroyed with fire because um, mm. they, they they were incredibly toxic and incredibly you know <laughs> oh that poor, incredibly poor flammable suit actor. Yeah, so um, we're going to need another Stay Puffed. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, he had to have uh, basically like, like a scuba setup tank uh, and, and his own independent air source, which, of course, you also don't want catching on to fire. Explode. Yeah. Mm. But <laughs> but, you know, then there's the part where, you know, Mr. Stay Puff catches on fire. <laughs> so well, uh, that's my favorite visually that's my favorite scene in the entire movie is when they're they're all four firing down from the roof and you get that scene of stay puff uh you get his at first angry face his face turns to anger <laughs> yes um they had three separate heads um each with their own different expressions and mm. movements and and things that could be controlled like there's so much work that went into just this just this one character much less all the other different ghosts and puppets yeah, and just one moment of and effects. Yeah, reveal, um, though, it was the, so good though. Like you're it's, talking, it's about. silly in the film, but it's the ultimate crescendo of all of mm -hmm. it. In in the 2009 video game, where you're actually playing as the character, um, they're they're dangling him off the rooftop to fire at Mr. Yeah. Stay Puff, <laughs> and he's climbing up the building. It's it's really kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> But at, at the end, when when Mr. Stay Puff explodes and you get all the marshmallow everywhere, I, I think I think I think we're we're all aware of this. But they use shaving cream uh, as a stand-in for the marshmallow stuff. And on on Peck, they wanted to dump 170 oh 150 pounds of marshmallow, you know, shaving cream yeah. on him, and he he absolutely refused until it was tested. And so they, they got a stunt guy and they dumped the 150 pounds of stuff. And it, it's 150 pounds that's crashing down on this guy. It just knocks him down. And, and so, they, so, they, so what you see in the movie is 75 pounds of, of shaving Smart cream. Smart man. Smart getting man. Poured onto. I mean, it is a somewhat dense liquid. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's foam, but it's, it's, still it's still 75 pounds of foam. Yeah, you know, a ton of feathers is still a ton of feathers. <laughs> it's going to crush somebody. It'd be difficult too, you know, to be in that scene covered with all the marshmallow, and then you accidentally licking like, oh gosh, that one marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff's not no, but they, and and again, there, there's something to be said for practical effects. Well, I mean, that's the thing I love about, and it holds up too because you've got the practical effects of like the the guys in, in the Stay Puff suit, miniatures. You've got actual things probably on fire and um, mm -hmm. all the all these practical effects just really add add to what most people just consider a comedy it makes it more of a real i feel like that's something about the ghostbusters movie at times that uh has caused them to live so they're 
they're kind of like they're superheroes. Mm-hmm. They're like a superhero team. They have the uniforms. They have the powers with the uh, you know the proton streams and the the special gadgets, and they have the Batmobile, and and <laughs> they even have right. like their own version of a utility belt. And so I don't know. It's like somebody was checking off all the things a superhero needed to have while they were making this. I love so so the way that they explode the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, you know, is deciding to cross the streams. Yes, and I just love their discussion. And they do said that was bad. They turn to Egon and he goes, There's definitely a slim chance that we'll survive. (laughs) What a great line. There's definitely a slim chance that we'll survive. Well, and 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 you do get so many great lines from, you know, arguably Bill Murray has the best lines, but you get some fantastic lines from everybody else too. Like, you know, Egon saying very calmly and very deadpan, you know, I'm terrified beyond rational thought. again speaks speaks very well to his character that he's portraying it's it's so in that same scene winston's uh this is not worth 11 five years (laughs) (laughs) which totally speaks to his character Mm -hmm. i mean yeah that's ghostbusters right there what a fun movie Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cake. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>